Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. What an incredible treat we have today. A dear friend of mine, it's finally here. I've been looking forward to this episode since the inception of the podcast. Frankie Margata, strategist, creative thinker over at Siegel and Gal. Thank you so much for being here, Frankie. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Frankie, you've been all over the world with your time in service, you know, being a SOCOM vet. But being a brand strategist is a very different role than being in the military, but it isn't. Where do you implement at least one thing on the daily from your time in the military in your current role and what you're doing over at Siegel and Gal? That's a great question. And I think that's an important insight. And, and I found this a lot with military experience. There are parallels. Sometimes you have to to dig and and do what I like to call skill abstraction, which we can talk about after if you want. But yeah, I think something for me is definitely positioning, right? I I do a lot of positioning as a strategist, uh, especially for brand. Same way you would think about positioning an element on the battlefield or wherever it's going to be, right? But you're taking in the entire battlefield geometry. You're thinking about the landscape and, and it's dynamic. It's always changing and things are shifting. And you have yourself to think about maybe your greater unit, maybe partner force units. You definitely have an enemy or a hostile, something like that. And and all these things come together. And it's very similar in brand. You have this brand and you have a market. Where is it going to sit in the market? And and as all these things shift, you know, where is there a place that we can really dig in and, and build something we can own versus just taking up space that isn't really ours? You want to establish something that you can fortify. How do you do that daily, looking into that skill abstraction like you talked about? Well, in the the beginning, it was definitely a challenge, right? How do I translate these things that I know? Because inevitably, you put together a lot through experience, because that's one thing the military gives you is, is experience across the world, different cultures. You can, if you're looking for it, gain a lot of empathy and take some of those core foundational principles that you learn throughout whatever your, your skill set's going to be and apply those, right? And then when you zoom out and you think about, okay, let's take the title off this. Like, what am I actually doing? What is this thing that I'm doing? And like, does this apply now to a different field? Or if it does, you know, what do they call it? So when you look at the actual function or like the, the skill in a practical way, or maybe even theoretical, which was in my case, like, what is the theory that I'm applying and that I taught for like three years. I taught positioning essentially. How does this now apply? And every day, you know, thinking about a brand, you know, you have, what does it stand for? There's going to be a profit, right? And a product. So everyone wants to make money. We know that's probably a constant, right? For the most part, not always, very few absolutes. And they're going to have a product of some kind or a service, right? And if you have a good product or service, that's probably an indicator that other people will have other things like your product or service. So we think about positioning in the market, like how are we going to, you know, articulate the value, differentiate ours from other things that look like it, 
so on and so forth. So, so when you consider those things, it becomes the same but different. You have to, okay, where where do we want to sit down for for lack of a better term? Where do we want to place this brand or this product or what have you in relation to all the other things that are happening? So your competition, right? What is your competition doing, and what are they talking about, and what is their purpose and their and all these other things, right? And it's kind of like okay, this is like your your enemy, and that's so dramatic, and that's not like really what I'm trying to say, but okay, the thing that's going to stop you from the getting what you want, which is maybe that's domination on the battlefield, or maybe that's going to be now, I want to sell a bunch of this product, or we want to scale up, or whatever that's going to be, right? But something that's going to inhibit you from getting where you want to go. And then there's other factors, right? There's, I don't know, terrain that you have to deal with. There's maybe civilian considerations like ROEs, all these other things that play into your calculus on the battlefield. And it's the same in the market with a brand in a business. There's going to be inevitably a variety of variables that are going to come up that you're going to have to consider. And you make the best decision that you can, but ownership is important. Like you have to position a brand where they can truly own the space and, and back up the claims. Talking about that ownership, right? That accountability through taking in the different variables that are in play throughout the operational environment really leads to something I think critical is understanding what is key to you, not key to everyone else. You have to understand where you can kind of set and root yourself, your brand, your business before you can really kind of go and reach out to anybody else. Because if you're just trying to like go and land grab or seize key terrain, see things that look great to everyone else, oh, you're just going to keep chasing. To be able to dive and understand that theory where do you think that came from? In the military, it was through application. It was through the nature of the job that I held, and I ended up teaching. You know, I was a cadre member for about three and a half years, and that was a big part of what I taught, was positioning on the battlefield, for lack of a better term. And I didn't know that that was a professional career track, and it's not, right? It's, being a strategist is, is inherently more things than that, but that is very applicable to brand. And when I found the parallels, that is when I got excited. And and it really wasn't apparent. It was something I I more or less stumbled across. Do you remember that moment when you stumbled across it? Yes. So I was looking to transition from the military. I'd got back from a, a long deployment. You know, it's a little weird when you transition at home. There's always like a, a break in period of like trying to remember what drawer socks you're going to go in and like what your kids want for breakfast and and all those things that you miss that you kind of take for granted. And it just stayed weird. So I had a conversation with my wife and we basically both decided on like, okay, this like maybe it's not going to be a 20 plus year thing. This is maybe I have to start looking to other things, right? So I, I didn't know really what I wanted to do. I was always creative. So I looked into kind of like creative space. So fast forwarding a little bit, I talked to some people in the industry, started to go to school, and and I was just hungry for whatever I could find. So I was reading books, I was volunteering, I would like buy someone coffee if they'd give me 30 minutes, something like that, so I could just try to put together my own like heat map of like what's out there and like where I want to go. And then during a volunteer event here in San Diego, I met someone who was a strategist at a strategic consultancy on the East Coast. And we were putting in probably like 16 hour days just because the premise of what this nonprofit did was over the course of 72 hours and they still do it. And they're an awesome organization. They rebrand 
a nonprofit. They pull together all the creative talent that wants to volunteer in a given area. So San Diego, New York, Richmond, wherever it's going to be. And you get together over a weekend and you do something really good for a company in need. And during that time, we were working these long hours and I was just full of questions and just asked for it. It's like, do you mind like spending some time with me? I have some questions, whatever. And and we ended up going over some work that he had done prior, some case studies. And I was enamored. I was enamored with the work. I was like, what is this called? How do I do it? Like what, if I want to do this thing, how do I do it? And, and he was just a, a great influence on me. He's still talk this day. We have a call like every two weeks and there were other people along the way as well, but that is what pretty much happened. And that's when I realized like strategist is a role strategy is a track and it definitely fit what I was looking to do. Now being a strategist, like you mentioned, right? You have to be a generalist, really knowledgeable in a lot of areas and then understanding where to find specific information to, you know, solve a problem and knowing how inquisitive you are, what skill are you currently working on that like you're a complete novice and you're just trying to, you know, take as much information in as possible? I would say not that I'm a novice, but storytelling is something that I'm really leaning into. Because when you when you think about strategy and strategy, I'll just make a distinction. Generalist is perfect, like because you do need to know a lot. But within like the actual field of strategy, you can be a brand strategist, you can be an experienced strategist, you can be a product strategist. Like there's tons of different like little micro niches, maybe not even micro. That might be a misrepresentation, but there's a lot that you can kind of dive down a little deeper into. But in any any of those, you're right. You do need to have a little bit of a generalist approach. And, and I know some really good strategists that just they do it a lot, you know, and that's and that's it's serving them. But back to the storytelling, when you think about strategy, it's an opinion. At the end of the day, it's what you or a collective group thinks. So words and the ability to articulate the idea in a really compelling way, not to mislead, not to to be underhanded, but to really truly convey like the full breadth of the idea, like is so important. It, it could the strategy could be phenomenal, and if you articulate it wrong, like you, you, it won't see the light of day, right? And then the other side of that coin is making it actionable. So how do you? create a strategy that then can be action because you don't want it to die on the shelf, right? And, and you want it to be used and you want it to do some good. So where in storytelling do you feel that you're, you're really trying to, is it that actionable piece that you're trying to? No, I think just overall, like how do I tell better, more compelling, more insightful stories, right? Because you have all this information, these inputs, let's say, from doing research, from doing interviews, and everyone has a perspective. But now, what is the so what behind that, right? And how do I deliver that to you in a way that's digestible and compelling? Like that, to me, is the role of telling this story and and bringing someone through a narrative, right? Like if you're briefing everyone up, you know, before a mission, hey, check it out. This is like what we're out here to do. And in order to do this thing, you're going to go here, we're going to do that. And as we do that, this is probably going to happen, right? But you're kind of walking everyone through your rationale, your logic in a like timeline order, right? So it's like somewhat a story. And it's no different on the civilians. I mean, it's different in the way that I think there's a little more art to it, 
Whereas in the military, you're, you're definitely not trying to be too poetic. And that's not to say you are in design or branding. I guess what I'm saying is in the military, I don't think we're super conscious of storytelling. I think we're just conscious of getting information across. In understanding that side of storytelling where it's clear and concise, but in a way that's captivating, right? I think, you know, like you said, when you're briefing a mission or receiving a mission, you're already, you're bought in at that point. You're, you're there, you need to get the information in order to then execute an action, whatever that is. When it comes to storytelling in the civilian side, please correct me if I'm wrong, you don't really have people bought in yet. So you're trying to do both things simultaneously. Would you say that trying to understand that compelling storytelling has greatly enhanced your life as a brand strategist? Or is there something else, like say in the last five years, that has really greatly influenced your life and impacted in ways that you wouldn't have imagined five years ago? Yes, I, I would say storytelling, yes, is definitely a big part in like how you use your words for sure. And I would say probably a better analogy maybe is like sending a con up up right? That you haven't, you don't have the mission at that point. You're trying to, to vie for the mission. Um, so in order to make a compelling case to your superiors or whoever owns that battle space, yes, we want to do this. We're going to be doing it safely. You know, it's not going to take more than this time. If it does, we have this plan, that kind of stuff, even though there's like a little logic in there, but like telling the story. And then, yeah, I think storytelling is at least right now I'm focused on it. So I think it's like heightened my senses to it. But I'll keep thinking on that in the back of my mind as far as is there something else that really was impactful that maybe I'm glossing over right now. When it comes to storytelling, though, not every story is going to hit just like you know, a comedian and not every mission is going to be successful. There's failures along the way. What failure has ultimately led to a great success, whether civilian, military, both? I'd love to hear more. So my transition from the military, I extended my contract just so I'd have some time to figure out what my next move was going to be. So I had a plan and in the, I went to, let's call it like one company. And I thought that was going to be it where I was going to be. And I, I put time there and it's like, this is, this is good. Well, it just didn't really fit for me. And I decided, you know, after long, long deliberation, like to walk away, to walk away from that. But in doing so, it was like I had nothing. So essentially I was stuck to freelance and see if something worked out. And that I would consider like a failure in the plan, but ultimately was still able, you know, I freelanced a little bit, got a position somewhere else, and then ended up moving over to Siegel and Gill, which never would have happened. I mean, I can't say never, but likely would not have happened had I stayed at the other company that I intended to, uh, because it was just a different type of work. So ultimately i stuck to what what my gut was telling me in in the moment like not just about is this the smart play but like will you really be fulfilled doing this and there's nothing wrong with that company or what they're doing they do great work it just was not in alignment with what i was looking to do but looking back today that was such a good thing it was such a great thing it forced me to grow in the moment it forced me to expand my horizon and see what else was out there and it, and it didn't lock me up and understanding that intuition that does exist in all of us and listening to a voice a hunch whatever you want to call it where it says hey let's bet on us right this is a great program great institution great organization but it's not what we need to find fulfillment we need to go bet on ourselves and that's what you did and i think that's a huge message in the moment where there's chaos 
there's confusion. That voice is there. You just got to kind of listen for it and take that tactical pause. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I always bet on myself. When the game is on the line and it's the championship, like I want the ball, right? I think a lot of us do. Um, in the moment, it wasn't without deep, deep, like, consideration, working through all the contingencies, knowing that not only me, but my family, right, at this point, like, am I being reckless? Am I being irresponsible because I have a family and now I'm sort of walking away from it, from something in hopes of getting something better, right? And there's a lot of calculus that went into that. But ultimately, I think it's true of a lot of military members that there is a an underlying tenacity there that, you know, you will work through it. You're no stranger to adversity. Um, and, and you're used to people coming along and breaking your stuff, right? And, and you're good at pretty much making a pivot when you need to. That being said, tenacity too much is it's something I've also had to to throttle back on. And I think that's important because some of the uh, that mindset of just like, I'm never going to quit, like I'm going to bust through every wall, that works. That works in combat, that works in certain scenarios, but it can be very toxic, you know, on a civilian sector. And especially when you need to take a knee, when pain means something's wrong and it doesn't mean you're just uncomfortable, right? Like those are, those are the times where I would argue that maybe we need to break away from that a little bit and listen to our bodies, our minds, et cetera, and not just push through because it could be, you know, just as bad. That's an absolute great point. And Frankie, before we go, I got one last question for you. How are you better today than yesterday? Uh, you know what? I'm better today than yesterday because I'm I'm worse. And let me explain that. I'm learning to deal with not having everything packaged and suitcased. I'm I'm learning to show up as, you know, a collaborator. And I'm learning, you know, not that, you know, we're all inherently good at collaboration, but but I mean you you have this ownership of everything you do. And you want it to be the best and you want to put it out there and, and you want to shoulder everything. And and I'm learning that I can show up in my mind worse, right? Than this whatever picture is in my head that I need to show up like with this perfection. And ultimately I'm better for it. The ideas flow better, the, the work gets stronger, you know, my mental health is is much higher and and, and better than it would have been. So Definitely, by by being okay showing up as is, it has, has been big for me. What's the reminder, or at least kind of the trigger, that allows you, when you start to kind of get over your skis too much, and you're thinking, I'm trying too hard to show up, what really dials you back, and like you said earlier, kind of pulls the throttle slightly back to you know reset? For me, it's definitely stagnation. I start to get stagnant. It's like when you start overcomplicating things, right? And you're like, okay, let's... Let's take a knee, like you said earlier, tactical pause. Like, what needs to happen now? What needs to happen right after? You know, in, in the simplest way, what are we trying to accomplish? Same thing with like, why are things not flowing? Why am I frustrated? Why is this cool? You know what? It's time for me to stand up, like recess, take a walk, whatever I need to do, and be okay looking around and being like, this is where I'm at. What do we think here? And then 30 seconds, maybe talking to someone, a break, or just, going back to it later, like that's okay. But like taking off that pressure to get it to the finish line or whatever you want to call it, like, because most work is never finished. It's only abandoned, right? But getting it to wherever you, that, that goal is in your head, it's okay to not do that, right? We get so crazy 
as military members with with deadlines and objectives. And we need to give ourselves a little more grace and understand that for the most part, it's a process. Frankie, I can't think of a better way to kind of close out the podcast than with that. I really want to know and have people that are curious, you know, learn more about brain strategy. Where can they go to find you, talk to you, reach out, connect? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean this and and not in any type of empty way, very sincerely. If there's anyone listening and they're curious about strategy or creative space or anything, please definitely, I'll give you my LinkedIn right after this. Please like attach it. LinkedIn is great. Yeah, I would say LinkedIn. This way we can keep it like funneled pretty much. Because if I send someone to like my website or to SQLink, it gets weird. So just uh, we'll do LinkedIn. I'll make sure we link your LinkedIn into the show notes. Frankie, again, thank you so much for sharing the time with us, allowing me to deep dive again in your brain. I always enjoy that. And most importantly, thanks for having our six month. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Got Your Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.